Why, yes, luminary Zubir Rubyfist, that's the perpetrator. That's the seemingly wonderful human being that is not on our Discord, not on our Instagram. I bet they didn't even leave us a, a reviewer rating on Spotify or Apple Podcast or whatever thing they're using. Yes, yes, you may do what must be done. And everyone else out there, thank you so much for being a part of our community. Uh, Zubert Rubinus will not be visiting you, uh, thankfully. <laughs> and have fun. say that a number of others have been rounded up by the surviving party angels that took part in the fight. It seems that Eastman's manor has burned down during the struggle. Many civilians near the scene described it as a beacon of change for the city, burning at the apex of the hill. A surprisingly optimistic take, considering the ferocity of the fight. A fight, I should add, that had indeed poured into the old city. A number of residents of the city, calling themselves the Revolution, have triumphed over the force of a Marfield armored guard that had been on their way to a back of the forces on the top of Upperdown Hill. In other, even more incredible news, many claim that all those taken by the Serenal illness have made a full and complete recovery. A, a miracle this night. And as this night continues, as the night of the Rebel continues on, one must wonder what other miracles are coming our way. Gentlemen, I'm freaking out. <laughs> I'm still freaking out. How come you're freaking out? Because it feels to me right now like this show is ending. And it's not. It is decidedly not. There is a lot of story left here. But, but man, I mean, this has been around half of our show. Like our, our second season, if you will. And we are pushing into our, our, our season finale. We're so close, and I'm I'm freaking out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the the Sansetian arc is so huge that to know that it's finally coming to an end uh, soonish is uh is pretty cool. It's pretty crazy. It's it's unbelievable. I mean, like I did not have nearly as as ambitious these ideas as as, as they they became as when this arc started. Like I I just everything sort of molded over time, became more and more over time, and now I cannot believe what's already happened and what is. What is going to happen yeah. moving forward? So excited, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> we just dropped mics on our drinks. <laughs> Can you just say dropped we dropped mics? mics on our drinks? That's a weird way to put it. Crisis we averted. dropped mics on our drinks. We okay. toasted the mics. Cool. The mics have been part of this journey, too. They got us through San Satyan. Well, now um, microphones smell at least a little bit like bourbon. That's good. Right? I mean, there are worse things for mics to smell like. <laughs> Thank God it did not get into any connections, yeah. just on the outsides. Um, but really, like, super fast, like, two-second um, no. preview sort of thing. Yeah. If, if you've listened to the show at this point, you know that when we wrap up an arc, we usually reach out and ask for questions for our unzipped things. So oh. uh, start, to, start to chew on those. Oh, my we've God. still got a few weeks, but. Dude, I was thinking about that today, and you beat me to it. 
<laughs> we gotta do a big one for this arc. I mean, like, yeah, I think we haven't done unzip since just after God's breath. Right. Get ready Half for the uh, show ago. Three hour unzipped, folks. Yeah, Dude, I'm sure everyone will go. watch that. Oh yeah. <laughs> they will watch it. <laughs> or listen to it. Whatever. <laughs> watch this. Hey, hey, put that away. Put it away. It's a family show. It's not a family show. Um, Steven, David. I believe, before we proceed with the action. Mm-hmm. You had a little something for us. We've got mail. Wait, 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 wait. Don't you fucking... Nope. Nope, wrong one. We got it. Nope. <laughs> Almost there. Mail time! Yes! <laughs> it's mail time. <laughs> it's been so long, I forgot which, one, which pad it was on. It's always the last button. Um, <laughs> the last this... place you look. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, so this, this comes to us from D... A.K.A. Danger Rumpus. Danger Rumpus. Uh, A.K.A. Danger in the Manger. A.K.A. our very own Rochelle's DM. Yes, Rochelle's Uh, DM. I heard he's amazing. I heard he's an incredible DM. She speaks very highly of him. This is an honor. Yeah. Uh, Uh, So we got a little, uh, actually a large note here. But the front of, oh, dispense to any players you see fit. Okay. Thanks so much for making such a fun podcast. Ooh. um, And sharing it with all the pants people out here. Oh, thank Appreciate you for D. listening. Appreciate oh. it, D. I, I don't want to read because this is awesome and oh my fantastic. God. So we're gonna oh enjoy. My gosh. We're gonna enjoy that a little later. But let's see what let's see what D sent us. No, <laughs> what are you giggling about over there? No shit. <laughs> Jack Daniels Tennessee Honey Whiskey. Oh no. Uh, oh, and one is a normie. So we Ooh. got a little bit of a grab bag. Oh, oh he's got he's got them. Oh my uh, god, they're all labeled. Got it. All right. It's the night of dropping whiskey. Oh, oh okay. Excellent. I think everyone's our... Here, here you go. That one's for Jeremy. That one's for David. Oh, my God. What, this is... Inc- okay. Okay. <laughs> Potion of not my damn problem. <laughs> <laughs> minus, minus a potion of now wait just a damn minute. I've got the same one. <laughs> now wait just a damn minute. Excellent. Oh, God. That is... Beautiful. Thank you. Thank I, you so much. I now regret oh that we just poured a glass, Jeremy and I. <laughs> Guys. <gasps> He's going for He's it. He's cracking it. He's going I, for it. He's going in for honor, it. He's cracking it. He's going Wait, for where's it. my Fellow phone? Master oh, of the This is going on Instagram. Yeah. Don't put it on Instagram. Oh, come on. Really? Yes. Oh, it's going. I don't have to if you don't want me to. But D, I, I cannot drink alcohol. It tastes like medicine to me. Yeah. But for you, I will toast. Oh, my God. I will... Oh, gosh. Hang on. <clears throat> Bums up. Two story. I don't know. Oh, God. Well, that was. Oh, God. <laughs> I lo- he chases whiskey with a rock with star. With a rock star. Oh, that, that is possibly one of the worst oh, things I need you half the rock star whiskey take- with. Oh, no. Oh, man. You all right there, buddy? Oh, that is horrible. How do you... <laughs> this is awful. My tongue. Yeah. All right. <laughs> D, that, thank, thank you. <laughs> no, that, thank, was thank a, you. <laughs> that was a treat. Honestly, thank you. <laughs> that was wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> that, was very, that was very nice. I, I can't wait to, um, to dig into your letter. Uh, you know, we wanted to open it while we're recording. Um, so I'm excited to read that later. I don't. I'm. I'm excited. I, I really want to check that out. 
and now I'm going to like, I'm going to hold on to this for, uh, I don't want to say a rainy day, but, um, when I really need that potion, I'm going to have it. Mm. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <sighs> oh, you know what? What's that? Mine's going to be a potion of greater healing at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, as soon as I feel like now, wait just a damn minute. That's when I'm going to, that's when I'm going to drink my potion, <laughs> my D potion. All right. With that awfulness out of the way. <laughs> even even D can't save us now. We are we are marching towards the end, gentlemen. Are you ready to start that march? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. As ready as I can be. Let's hop right back to the Resignor Peaks, staring down over the borderlands, down, down at the city far below. Let's hop back over to Jules LaRoche, Crispin Dubois. Dance Macabre, a.k.a. Gabrielle Cortez, other way around. I think that's how that works. And Miskin. Jules, you are, we're picking up right where we left off before the combat we just had. Yeah, it's been weeks for us. Yeah, Jules, you're staring down at this. You see, like, lights in the city. It's hard to make out from far away, but looks like at the very apex of the hill, something burning? It's, from here, it's hard to say and your senses aren't keen right now anyway you're woozy everything blurry you feel so sick I think you stop here for a moment just kind of gather your breath because you're pushing yourself so hard Jules but this march it's been indescribably tough I think as you're standing here looking down at this knowing that you need to push further I mean you have miles hours to go we're just after nine o'clock right now. I think Dance approaches you. You can feel her there, like, waiting. You can feel something building. Words she does not want to say. And finally, she steps up beside you. You should stay. I will save the child. Crispin will come with me. No. Jules, you cannot. You will die. You will be in our way. In your state, you'll get us all killed. Do you trust me? You ask me the same. In the town. In Milpasul. Do you trust me? I am going. She's staring at you, and there's that stubbornness behind her eyes is setting in. And you could tell she's about to argue back. The, the, the words about to bubble up. And then she stops, and her eyes widen just a little. Because this close to you, this high up and under light of the moon, I think even she can see the moment when your skin becomes less pallid, more full. When the circles beneath your eyes begin to clear away, the red rims sort of turning to white, the shivering, the constant shivering dying out in an instant as in a wash over you feel amazing, better. Sereno is gone. It's gone. As this happens, my loot pulses with light. Huh. What color? Blue. Oh, hell We've yeah. We've been over this. Okay, <laughs> that's true. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, in, in, the, in the sort of wake of this blue light, I think everyone's eyes, Miskin, Crispin, you all turn to see Jules, who's standing taller, stronger than ever. And as dance as I take this in, as you guys all realize what this means... Dresden, 
Ramin, Jean, they did it. They did it. I didn't mention Blanche because no one knows you exist yet. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Blanche. I think that's probably the way she likes it. So. I'm not going to um, take that away from her. They, they succeeded. Sereno, gone. The thing destroyed. You have a chance now. And I think you should see, like, Dance smiles at this. I knew it. I knew it. Ramin would not let me down. Oh, I knew it. They did it. As you stand here upon this peak, looking down at this, knowing what's coming and knowing what's already transpired, I think a fresh sort of vigor fills all of your bodies, your souls. And everyone here is going to level up to five. Ooh, baby. Level up. Level up. So I, I, you guys knew about this beforehand, obviously. I'm not surprising you with this. <laughs> you figured, I mean, everyone else got leveled up. I'm not going to take this party and say, nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you guys have done your level ups. And once again, we'll do a little, little round uh, uh, the table talk, what you got. But I will start, just like last time, with the sidekick. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Dan's is actually a pretty interesting one for me. I've been making her simplified monk stat block myself, and uh, monks typically get stunning strike at level 5, but I had my reservations about giving that to a sidekick. <laughs> I really, really don't want their abilities to just overshadow yours in combat. That's how Jean, sure. Chester, that's how they've been built so far. You also um, hate the monk in our other campaign. No, no. He's amazing, but well, like, right. you know stunning, I mean. strike stunning strike ends a fight. Stunning, yeah. All the combats I came in are, based, are, are built around... Uh, when stunning strike lands, you know, get that stunning strike to land. Uh, burn those, burn those. Uh, 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 what are they called? Uh, legendary resistances, right. and get that stunning strike to land. It's yeah, it's amazing. Um, and I want the sidekicks to feel more like like hired help than full player characters. So it just, it just, it's just really good. I mean, like, it should be better than Jules. It should be way better than old Zebulon was. Gosh, jeez. Um, <laughs> um, rude. So, in lieu of that, I had a different idea, and I think this idea fits the character even better. Because ever since your encounter last night, as you've traveled to the mountains all day today, uh, both up and then now down, I think Dance has been thinking a lot about the pooch. Um, She's been thinking about his near supernatural reflexes, his ability to move away from harm in a blur, an ability that, as a dancing luchadora, she covets. And reflecting on this, I think Dance has figured out how to do it herself. So level five dance will be getting the rogue ability, uncanny dodge. Ooh, Good stuff. Yeah. So As a reaction, cool. she can take it. half damage from an attack that hits her. That definitely fits Sweet. the character. Yeah. Sweet. Simple, perfect, fits the character, keeps dance alive. So I think that'll be very helpful uh, going forward. That's where dance is at. Which of you gentlemen wants to go first? Finger on my nose. I went first last time. I don't mind going okay. first. I'll go first. Okay. Jules. Want to start with HP? Yeah, let's start with HP. All right. All right, what are we doing? D6, D8? Do you roll roll dances HP or? I do not roll side. I do average side HP. Okay, cool. Yeah, just easier. By the fifth level, I should have figured that out by now. (laughs) So I'll preface this with saying, at the beginning of level five. Yeah. (laughs) I currently have 19. That's so, HP. Yeah, so level so, level four jewels has that's nineteen HP. Awful. Actually, while we're on the to- uh, on HP, that's the beginning say, of level five, right? Dance also, of course, gains uh, provi- uh, higher proficiency bonus, so she has higher hit to hit saves, all that stuff. Sure. At fifth level, and uh, okay. her HP is currently at twenty eight. So, you know. yeah. All right, here just we go. To make you feel bad about your own. Let's do it. Four. Four. Fuck me. <laughs> Well, that's right at the middle. That's that's middle. It's, it's average. Mid. Twenty-three. 
Uh, well, plus your con bonus. No con bonus on Jules. Oh, Jules That's LaRoche. why 19 HP. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, should, should I just leave right now? If you, <laughs> no, if you, you level just stay in the back line right now and always and forever. There's a little guy called the Tough Feet. You might look at when you hit level eight. Just, uh, just put it out there. Um, okay. Level eight. You, you're talking That's, about like four years from now? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, a couple of years. God damn. <laughs> um, Jules, what other things did you get? Uh, I got level. Yeah, I got uh, got another third level spell slot. Ooh, third uh-huh. level. Third yeah, level. Buddy. That's. Oh yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. And uh, what spell did you pick? What, 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 I ain't telling you what, shit. What spell did you? Oh, I ain't telling I you shit. Know. Although yeah. th- this is a gentleman's game of trust, and I'm trusting that you did not look at my sheet after. <laughs> I never look at you guys' sheets, to be honest. <laughs> We're all right. He has every ability and every right to, but then it's just like he's got too much other shit to look at. You think so. I've that kind of time? I'm addicted to World of Warcraft now. I got oh, no God. time. Oh, don't my even. God. Yeah. Don't. No. Yeah. Just stop. It's a good time. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> Been down that road, David. Oh. It's a long, 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 oh, I know. dark road. It's like my sixth MMO addiction. It's, you know, <laughs> I, I go back to it. Anyway, back to you, Jules. Back to you. Is that it? That's Anything it. you want to say? That's okay. it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Third little spell slot, 23 HP. Not too shabby. Mr. Jules LaRoche. And we'll find out what that spell is perhaps a little later on in this night. Crispin Dubois. Crispin Dubois. Let's talk about you, Crispin. Let's let's do HP. I'm just pulling my phone up real fast because I can't remember if level four Crispin had 41 or 42 HP. Just obscene. Just absurd. You're a druid. You're a caster class. Why isn't it loading? This uh, 41. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that D12 at the beginning for barbarian helped. That's true. And and I think it's just been really good rolls. He's got super high con. So as a caster, a, you're a pretty frontliney caster. You just turn into a big old doggy. Right. And he's got he's got an 18 constitution. So uh, let me find my D8. I've done my roll. Four. One. Oh, all right. So that's that. Um, and speaking of the tough feet. Crispin took it. Crispin took the tough feet. Oh, nice. damn. Yeah. So we go from 41 to um, 51 with the tough feet. Plus the eight. Come on with this. Yeah. What? So come on with this. Crispin has fifty-nine <laughs> HP. <laughs> uh, hang on. Let me just change the entire encounter real fast. That is absurd. Thanks. Um anything else going on this level? Um I have a little something do... for you. Speaking of absurd, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um no, nothing new. You know, I think one or two new spells. I got a new cantrip. Um, let me see. Um, I can maybe save the cantrip. That'll be fun to uh, to hear later, I guess. Okay. All right. So that's pretty much it. I mean, 59 HP, that's that's not nothing. So It's not nothing at all. Yeah, but that's it. It's a lot of something. Um, that's do... not it, though. Oh, okay. Um, I also, real fast before we move on, I still need Zebulon's charisma um, Crap. item. Crap about that. Okay. It's a, just assume it's at 12. Okay. Yeah, I'll try. Okay, I can, I can add it in a minute. Um, but that's not everything. Crispin, as you've traveled through the mountains, you've thought a lot about Miskin's story and about how it connects to your own. This child he mentioned, this Paul, the powers he wielded in the mind were akin to your own, right down to the sounds of thunder. This title of Mizir Dracon is a title that you must also share. 
There is something inside of you that can tap into a power beyond your understanding. The power of this Dracon. We mentioned before that the term Dracon has been translated into many different things in your studies. Spirits, ancients, storms, serpents. What if all of those translations are correct? You imagine this great fossil that Paul tapped into, giving Miskin a chance to escape. And you start to imagine, too, that perhaps a similar fossil resides deep in the earth, beneath the swamps of God's breath. And imagining this, you're on the road to understanding your power. So I have given you a bonus feat. And it is a good one. A bo- I thought I was oh, gonna get like a spell or something. No, let's oh, hop. Hell yeah! It's a rabbit pun. Let's hop over to your sheep. <laughs> <laughs> get it? He's a haringon. Now you'll see. I've given you a special feat called Mazir Dracon. Essentially, what this does is I've given you the a, a cleric a domain ability called um, Divine Intervention, and sort of reflavored it. In times of need, you may use an action to call upon the spirits, these forces you can feel, to assist you in some grand, incredible way. When this happens, we're going to roll a D100. If it is below your level, a miracle will occur. Oh, jeez, okay. In certain locations, I will double this. Okay. Uh, I will double double your chances, essentially. Um, Once you use it once... You cannot use if it succeeds. It takes seven days for it to be able to use again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it uh, fails, I think it takes one day for you to try it again or long rest. Or uh, okay, yeah, it says long rest here. Okay, there you go. Um, so it's a it's like a basically a oh shit button yep. that probably won't work, but right. if it does, it's an we're it's gonna an, have a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an oh shit button with a five or best case scenario ten percent chance of succeeding. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. I'm into it. That's yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Keep it in mind. Uh, it's going to be important. Okay. All right. And with that all said, let's move this group along. More time passes. The night deepening as you push towards the foot of the mountains. Now, as you hit the ruined farmstead, the dried blood of the family that had taken Miskin in, and you turn out towards the borderlands beyond this place, it is about 10 o'clock p.m. You have around an hour to travel to hit the cave and from what Miskin says it's rough going through the cave it could be slow there will be checks to determine how long it takes you at midnight the ritual will begin you know how long this ritual takes could be moments and round stuff could be lost transformed you have two hours until then it could take you perhaps that long to reach the place you need to go I'm I'm looking through trying to see if I can figure out any uh <clears throat> any beast to wild shape into that's going to help us but again we're sort of at that that issue where there's so many of us that there's three now one of them's a child I think before you carried Oh sure 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 Arlon went off to die on his own Right Arlon yeah <laughs> have to yeah, go yeah, die yeah, on his okay, own right, and right, some right. people <laughs> Don't worry about him He's uh so he's he's just a reminder, he's off distracting uh, and pulling away and essentially culling as many of the human element there as possible. Right. Out in front of this mine, there are a number of human guards Miskin talked about. They're not inside where you're playing to sort of backdoor into, but they could get pa- called upon as reinforcements if they're not dealt with. 
Arhalon has moved to deal with them as he is too large to sneak in the back. Right. Um, Jules, uh, I can, I can wild shape into a war horse and that'll get us there a might bit faster, but, uh, what do you think? Anything to get us there quicker. All right. Say no more. Um, and we're going to go ahead and use that one of those slots. Okay. Wild shape into a horse with, let's see, 60 feet of speed. So that makes things faster, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, I will need you to neigh for me. <laughs> Best I can give you is a... That's pretty good. That works. Uh, <laughs> that works. <laughs> with that sound ringing across the screen. Uh, we see our heroes galloping off into the borderlands, away from the rugged mountain terrain. You can now run free, little horsey. Big horsey. Big horsey. About a half an hour passes, 10.30, and you reach the, the, the place. Miskin's kind of pointing you out. He's pointing out different places ahead. He's like, I, I remember that. That stone right there. Uh, keep going. There, there, towards that strange cactus with the two heads. Keep going there. And, like, he's telling you everything as you're kind of moving forward. Um, stuff that he remembers when he, like, was kind of in a haze running across the desert away from this place. Um, just keep him no, because he wanted to come back. He wanted to find help. Find you, Jules, and come back. What's and so strange about that cactus? It's got two, two, look at it. <laughs> look at those strange flowers. I don't know, they're weird. <laughs> Survival tip. It's a helix cactus. That was a thing we mentioned. Helix cactus petals. It's cool, helixy. Cool. So, so survival tip, if you want to remember your way back to someplace, instead of remembering landmarks along the way, you're supposed to periodically turn around and remember them from that perspective. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a true survival tip or not. But. Sorry, I didn't mean to de- derail this whole thing. Uh, you reach a fissure in the ground. Something very small. Um, it is just like this like sort of open crack, sort of surrounded by nothingness. Somewhere to the west, you know, the town of Hollow stands somewhere like you could see where uh, uh, this sort of slopes into some canyons. And from what Miskin says, there's like some 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 ruined buildings, a small, like totally desolate ghost town that's been taken over. Uh, a number of little scars sort of hiding amidst the ruins. And just inside that town, this great iron gate sits towards the back. And this gate leads into the closed off mine. This is where in this first open chamber, Zavar has his lab where he performs his dark experiments where likely Serapio himself he isn't this part but Serapio himself was changed initially his monstrous owl form was born and now you can find a different way in it's gonna be a tight squeeze I think Dance is looking down at it and just says I am going first just challenging just glaring at you waiting for you to to say something Jules he'll allow this (laughs) just nods Crispin reverts back to back to his shape, his uh, his regular shape. You want to shove your horse body in there? <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think the horse body will fit. <laughs> it definitely won't. All right, if everybody pushes on your ass, <laughs> just a Winnie the Pooh situation. <laughs> Dance as a uh, small sized creature, I might be able to uh, maneuver a little quicker at the front. She's like like talking for a really long time to think about this. Fine, you're right. You go first. But I'm behind him. Just points to you again, Jules. Jules winks. <laughs> As you are preparing yourself to move down there, sort of wind picks up. And on it, I think suddenly you hear a sound. 
Ah! Ah! Screams on the wind. And somewhere behind them, just a... You see light flares up somewhere in the distance. Arhalon has made his move. He is fighting now. Crispin speaks a, a few words under his breath. Just wishing him luck. And you push down the hole? Yep, and he dives on down. As you move down, you see that this hole quickly finds like a spot of groundwater as you kind of press down a little ways. It is dark, slick, and dangerous. You're still close to the peaks here. You're still close to the, the mountainous terrain that's like actually not fully desert. Um, so you're probably catching some of the groundwater off of the mountains as, as it's flowing. This is not going to be an easy climb. Miskin warns you that he took, he was battered from his journey through. He barely remembers his time in the dark, and it is pitch, pitch dark. So first things first, how do you guys want to see? Yeah, that's, uh, I was just looking through. I was like, wait a minute. Can, can Crispin um, even see? No, I'm, well, hold on. I think everyone here does, only Miskin here has dark vision. Oh, excellent. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, what do you have on you, Crispin? Hold on. I'm do, you have, do you have a weapon? I have light. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just yeah. Pull, pull something out, and I'll tap it, and it lights. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say he pulls something out. I yeah, don't know it, if he it, wants to hold his great club out, but... That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, can we just generically say that he pulls something out? Yeah. That lights? Because it says, it says I can light an object. He pulls out a, a creature. He pulls, he pulls a, a penny out of his pocket. A penny. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> Jules taps the penny. All right. Zoom. And it's a 20-foot radius sweet, of dim light. Oh, no, no. Bright light for 20-foot radius, dim, dim light for an additional It's enough feet. that you can all see as you push forward. Yeah. 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 Great. Okay, so cool. he's taking the lead, and you can all see as he goes and starts stepping down um, the light sort of shining. I don't know if you attach it to your head like a headlamp or something like that somehow, <laughs> or stick it yourself. But yeah, you're, you're moving down into the dark. As you guys move, I'd like you all to roll me... We're going to take a combined check and take the sort of average, okay. uh, the, the middle roll here. I want either survival or athletics. Either you're going to cleverly find the right spots to, like, move to, or you're going to just grit your teeth and push through and try to keep your footing. This is going to be rough. You're squeezing. You're slipping. You're, like, climbing down rough patches. It's, it's an easy choice for me. One's plus one. One's negative one. <laughs> it's a... It's a- it's a little bit of a harder choice for me because um, one is plus seven, the other is plus eight. <laughs> but plus seven with athletics, Crispin also gets advantage. Oh. oh. Wait, are you raging? Or is that always? Um, I think it's always, and I can what? figure out why if you give me like a minute. That's crazy talk. Squat nimbleness. Oh, to escape from being grappled. Shit. Okay. Never mind. Okay, I saw the little green A and I got excited. Hey, burn a rage on it. <laughs> Crispin gets really mad when he almost slips off a rock. No, he's not grappled. I mean, unless, unless being in the... the shut in up. All right. Case, <laughs> that's considered enough. Considered being grappled. <laughs> you, you shut that shit right down. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll just do survival then. In almost, the- dro- almost dropped it. <laughs> 16 plus 8. You're fine. Uh, 14. 14? Uh, 14. Give me another one. It's a plus 5 athletics for dance. 21. Okay. Not the worst average. Yeah. Miskin has a really rough time, but we're going to move with essentially what stands between 21 to 14. Um, that's going to be above 15 DC. 
Nice. Average. Sweet. So as Miskin's having, you see, he starts to slip and stumble immediately. I think like, uh, I think you and Dan sort of both grab like a, a, one of his arms or kind of, kind of helping him down. Um, so as Crispin moves ahead, giving light, sort of clearing the path, uh, you survival, right, Crispin? Yes. You're calling out like, you know, which trails to take, which rocks to grab, which ones not to touch. And the two of you, Dance and Jules, are able to help Miskin down so he can help you uh, find your way through. And with that, you reach the place you need to go to in 30 minutes. Um, We're sitting at 11 o'clock, an hour before the ritual. You guys crushed it. Front fucking row. I'm trying to make a joke over here, if you don't mind. (laughs) Piping down a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'll give you the room. What what I said was, early enough to get a good seat. Oh my gosh, take a button. You're not getting a button. No, I remember, I remember having those. <laughs> I burnt them all. He did. You're never getting a button again with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. You work your way through the tunnel until you hit a point where, like, as you're sort of shifting through, you have this sort of long, narrow passage where it's, like, just barely wide enough to fit your bodies sort of through. You're shimmying, you know, side by side until you push out into a larger open chamber about a little over five feet wide it which feels amazing compared to what you've been dealing with squeezing through this and you realize that you have entered the mine proper you are pushing through miskin sort of leading you along but i think he stops before you get too far and says we're close now um he gestures to the coin the penny that is shining Penny's not even a thing. I just said a thing that I might find in, in my human <laughs> pockets. I don't care. Points to the penny. Call, call, call it a piece of gold. Yeah, he took out a silver piece. You said penny. It's a copper piece at least. Okay, at well, I didn't want it to be a gold piece because then I know you'd be like, ooh, roll for, you drop it. You drop it. <laughs> you lose your gold piece. Uh, he points to it and says, we're coming on soon. They could be around. Do we want to sneak up on them? Well, I don't know how we're going to sneak without being able to see. I can lead and call out, but um, it'll be pretty tough. So you it's said we're... up to we're... you guys. If you want to keep the light, I can try to, like, you can. we can sort of work through the dark, see if you can get closer, or... Well, you said we're we're not weaving anymore. We're in a wide open sort you're of, like, a wider hall. open, sort of five to ten foot wide. It's kind of varying, but you are in a mine tunnel, which means you're closing, 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 in, closing. Okay. On the... Lab. Damn, I wanted right. to, I wanted the clues in on it though. <laughs> well, Chris, still still dealing with that alcohol taste. <laughs> <laughs> <Chris> drunk. <laughs> Chris is going to pull something out of his bag. What? A uh, a little one foot long rod, and he's going to hold it horizontally, and he's going to speak a command word, and cause it to grow to a length of at most ten feet. This is his um, his pole of collapsing. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about this. Miskin, if you hold on to the beginning of the pole, you can lead us true. Don't you also have the... Uh, the Horn of Silent Alarm? No, the pole of immovable rod. Oh, yeah, I do have the immovable rod. You're just like a pole guy. You're just yeah. a rod guy. Um, I'm, try- I'm actually now looking. I don't know if I ever put the immovable rod in his equipment. Well, it's no, there. I didn't, but oh. it, I know it's there. Yeah. I just have to, like, do it. We both have a little bit of homework to do. I have to do a movable rod. You have to give me Zebulon's. You can't tell me 
what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what are you doing with this thing? Man, we literally just could have used like a string, but I had to like make it fun with a item. Dude, it's fun as hell. Uh, so you're just using this kind of feel out the way as you go? No. So Miskin's going to hold on to the beginning. You know, he's going to be at the, at the oh, front of the line. Okay. Sorry, was... And we're all going to hold on to it like a, like a hand railing. Sorry, I'm thing. drunk from D, so I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you're... Got him. <laughs> you got him. Um, okay. So you're going in dark. And you begin to move forward. A short bit of time passes, maybe 11.15, when you feel... Hang on. I don't like that. You feel Miskin suddenly just stop. Just dead still in the middle of the darkness. You kind of like, it's, it's, it's so sudden that you probably feel like, uh, so you, you sort of shuffle, you probably like, you're forced back. And I think you can feel just the slightest sort of tremor moving down the rod. Go ahead and roll perception. Fuck. Just a 10. That's a 19. 19. Actually, Crispin, your passive is probably outrageous. <laughs> yeah, it's 18. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, I was right. That's 18. is truly outrageous. 18, 19, both of you immediately catch it as he stops, as he tr- as he sort of shakes. I rolled with him. He rolled a 19, actually. Um, you can hear somewhere ahead sounds of, like, scratching, sounds of rock, sort of rubble moving, and you hear, like, a... Something throaty, growling and grunting with effort, as it seems to be moving something ahead. A creature in the darkness. Miskin is not moving. He is frozen where he stands. Crispin doesn't even dare breathe. Yeah, same, I think. I yeah. think Jules is kind of frozen. I think the thought is, you know, maybe we can wait for it to pass unless Miskin yeah. says something else. I think you hear or feel like Miskin sliding up the pole. He's sort of holding onto it, but he's sort of moving with it very carefully. Try not to, like, make any sort of moves that could disturb the ground beneath him. I'll roll roll for it. It's fun. Um, (laughs) And you feel him suddenly, like, in front of you, just there in the middle of this blackness. I think he's more whispering. Miskin's smart. Mm -hmm. So I think he tries to whisper very, very quietly towards Crispin because Crispin can hear particularly well with his Haragon ears. Right. Crispin's probably right behind him as well. So you're picking this up very clearly as he just says, It's our step ahead. This is the place where Paul brought down the wall. We're almost at the lab. But one of those things, I think it's on this side of the wall trying to dig its way through. One of... One of, do, do, do we know what he says when he when he means one of those things? When he told you the story of what happened, he talked about uh, these undead creatures, uh, pale skin with sharp teeth and long, reaching tongues, uh, just these horrifying monstrosities with some intelligence that serves Zavars as kind of like uh, lab servants and lab rats here. Zavar himself is also undead now, from what he says, boasting of, it, of the benefits of having a heart that does not beat. Based on what he says, you guys could roll checks. It would be a religion check uh, okay. to uh, figure out what undead creature this is. Yeah, let's see. Why not? I've just got a plus zero, but... Why not? Let's see if we can get some info. Just a six. Just an eight for Jules. You don't know. Goddamn. Let me look through my stuff here. But you at least know that that's what he's talking about. One of those creatures is on this side. At least one. And you can, as you're here, you had really high perceptions. There's just one. Mm-hmm. You can only okay. hear one. Okay. It is digging. 
and as he speaks, like, it becomes more clear to you. It is digging through rubble. It is probably about, like, I think it's around a bend. You can hear the echo kind of bouncing off, those really high checks. Um, the bend's about 30 feet ahead of you, and then from there, about 20 feet uh, to the left. This creature is digging through the stone. Um, how how deep through the stone does it have left to dig? Would would we be able to figure out with Miskin? Like he's trying to dig through the stone. He'd have to move huh. close enough to peek around the corner and see. What in the hell? Well, I, I mean, I don't see. Do you want to do that? You can move closer. Well, I'm trying to think about this. I I don't see any way that we're gonna get through this thing other than just attacking it, right? Miskin does does know what a path to take is now. This is it. Paul made sure of it. It's how I got away, but this thing must have been trapped on this side. It's probably been digging for days. Well, uh, are they particularly dangerous, or could we dispatch it easily? I I don't know. I... I, They're dangerous for me. They've got long claws and fangs. They were, um... They're gonna eat me and Paul. Can you get me in a straight line with it? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Wow, I like that. Go okay. check it out. Okay, I'm into this. Line me up with it. Tell me when it's straight in front of me. I don't have to be that close yet. All right. I think he puts the rod down, and you feel him take your hand when you're ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking slash hoping that Crispin can do this real quick. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. He's leading you down the way, mm-hmm. but it's still like stones lie in the, in, the, in the ground as you get closer and closer, perhaps thrown back by this creature as it dug its way through. Um, it's As you touch them, it's hard not to scatter them. Uh, we're going to make stealth checks. Me and you, we're going to take the median check again. <sighs> okay. Oh, oh, I hate this. Stealth's not great for this little guy. On the little check, does he have a, a race thing that makes him stealthier? He does not. Okay. Hmm. Crit my pants on the stealth check. Ooh. I don't. It's not very all stealthy right. with crit all over your little <laughs> herringon behind, but yeah, Crispin pulls it off. Just walking. <laughs> quieter, quieter, quieter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Cut that. That was so gross. <laughs> Softens the sound of the stone as it slides. <laughs> Across the floor. It's awful. It's horrible. We're the worst. We're um, the worst. Miskin actually got a uh, unnatural 20. Oh, okay, sweet. So, so you guys are super stealthy. You're just fine. You're pushing forward, pushing forward. Dance and jewels. You can feel them moving ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you sort of loop around. I think you're, you're pressing. You can feel like a wall around beside you as you're kind of pushing around it and sort of turning sort of uh, south and, and west uh, towards like a, you know, down a narrow pathway. And Miskin kind of gets behind you and lines of your up, up your body. You can hear very close now. I will get back. Clattering of stone. And actually, as you hit this point, I think a stone is moved, and you can feel like something very high up is moved. And for a moment, you could see like this clawed hand as this violet light shines very dimly from the other side just through a crack at the top of this wall as it's slowly about to like it's about to move into the next room 
Uh, you can feel the, the stone sort of clatters down, and the hand disappears as it moves away from that light. You saw a glimpse of this thing just before you. Miskin's poised you towards it. You know where it is. What do you want to do about it? Cast fairy fire on it. Oh, shit. So each object in a 20-foot cube within range is outlined uh, in a color of your choice, and any creature in that area when the spell is cast, uh, oh yeah, is outlined in light. I think it just said that. Why does it say that twice? Um, if it fails... Oh, sorry. <laughs> the first was object, not creature. Each object was outlined. I don't want... Obje- I don't care about objects. Um, creature, when they fail, a dex save. Okay. Um, first things first, you get to decide the color of this, correct? Yeah. I'm going to give you something because it's a really cool, clever idea. I you said violet light. You saw violet from the room. Yeah. You realize if you color it in that same color, perfect, it will not be noticeable that another light is shining beyond oh, this side of the wall. Yeah, that's great. It's oh, just, I mean, like, it just makes sense. Hell yeah! Um, in fact, you know nice. what? Really cool plan here. Excellent. Take a button. Excellent. I'll really cool it. plan here. Um, You're gonna be giving that back to him in about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, uh, this thing is gonna roll a check. I mean. I'm not going to roll a check. I'm going to forfeit it. Oh, really? It does not know you're here. Why, huh. would, why would it save? Okay, sure. It's like, it's, it's digging. It's totally unfocused on you. Because you passed your stealth so well, um, getting above a 20, it does not, it has no idea you're there. It's a decent check anyway, so. So this thing is suddenly outlined in this sort of vile light. I think its hand stops as it looks at it. You can see this like gross, pale, like skinny creature. It looks like it might have been a human body, but now its ears are sort of sharp and it has this, like I said, this, this sort of dead eyes, long teeth, long tongue as it sort of reaches out and looks at its hand. The tongue is sort of lolling down, swaying beneath its, its chin. Just this hideous monster. I think it slowly turns its head around to look to you guys. Roll for initiative. All right. Ooh. I'm going to maybe ask to retcon something because I should have done a bonus action before I cast Fairy Fire. I'll allow it. It's also fun and exciting because it's the new cantrip that I took for level five. Bonus action candy candy rip? Bonus action shillelagh. Oh, dude. Yeah, buddy. That's solid. Bonus action shillelagh. On this beast of a druid? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, 15 for initiative. Jules got a 19. Dances at a 22. Holy crap. Yeah. 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 Um, so really quick, quick for anybody who isn't super familiar with Shillelagh. Uh, basically, it changes my great club from a plus 7 to hit and a 1d8 plus 4 for damage. It ups that to a plus 8 to hit and a 1d8 plus 5 for damage. That's amazing. Yeah, so right now it basically just makes it a, a, a plus 1. And it's a magic club. weapon. So right, yes, you get magic defenses. That's huge yeah. at this level. Um, okay. We're going to start with Dance. Uh, Dance is just before you, Jules. You're about uh, 40 feet down the tunnel, so you're not quite at this fight right now. Okay. Well, I mean, her, from it. I mean, her speed is 40 feet, so. Uh, so you're so 40 feet ahead of you. I'm actually going to start lighting this up so you guys can see what's going on. Okay. Um, that's where the turn is. So, okay. I can't gush about it too much yet because you can't see the whole map, but this is... I think, a masterpiece by Rochelle. I, I made a little shopping list. I'm so stoked about this map. Right now you're looking at a little snaking tunnel that moves down towards a wall. Um, 
dance, what you what dance sees basically as this happens is like, and you see those two jewels is suddenly where Crispin and uh, Miskin went. A light whoosh, sort of pulses out from deeper in the tunnel around a corner you can't see, but at the corner you see uh, lit by this violent light. You see Miskin and Crispin standing uh, before it. Sort of Crispin's weapon looks. What should they look like? Is it like growing like flowers yeah, it's, and it's, nature all over exactly. it? Exactly. It's That's like so, vines and flowers. It's so yeah. cool. So Crispin's Grey Club has sort of like come to life with some sort of verdant foliage. You can hear like a sound. Uh, this thing is turning around to face. You can make your move. You cannot see how far away it is from you right now, Dance, but in 40 feet, you could reach the point where you could see it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's her plan. She's running up as far as she can. She hits the 40 feet point, and she's looking at it still a short ways away. Now, okay. reminder that Dance has the ability, if you spend a key point, to move to dash as a bonus action if you want to get some attacks in. That's right. But that's going to be a key point. Right. Well, she's and step I... of the wind. Right, right. Oh, wait. Never mind. Never mind. I didn't double move. I just regular move. Okay. Yep. Never mind. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's she's the plan just then. Fast as hell. Yeah, she's going in. Okay, key point down. Uh, she has five key points at level five, so you're down to four. Yep. But she blasts around the corner. You feel like the wind pick up on your fur. Christmas has dance just weaves around you around the corner, moving up to this thing, and just starts. What's she doing? You're keeping track of these, right? You yes. Have, you have, have, right. You okay. have the cool. ability to on your phone, yeah, unfortunately. Yep, I got it in my brain. All right, she's going in for, for a strike. Okay. This undead creature almost like launches back in surprise as this form just whirls around the corner, flies up to it, fist poised, and just goes in for a, a, a hard or a punch in the spiky, gross jaw. Quickly and quietly dance. That's going to be a 24. That is going to hit for sure. Uh, that's a five. Okay, five damage. Yep. Not bad. Two on the uh, die. Its head just snaps back against the stone. It's like standing on. You could see like now in the light that the roll pile reaches almost near the ceiling, but there is that small crack going into the next room. It's been digging for a while based on all the stone kind of cut off to the side here, but it's almost through into the next room. And you can kind of hear something on the other side, almost like an electrical current, a whirring. So even the sounds of this fight, as you get close, you realize are being drowned out by something beyond here. Um, Dance hits him hard, and that's going to be Jules. Alrighty, um, shit. <laughs> You're pretty far away. I know. Stealth checks wouldn't you be needing closer, so it's not I bad being this far away. I'm just, I know. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go the thirty feet I can go. Okay. Yeah. Do you want a double move to get all the way up to where you can see it? I like half double move to get to the forty foot mark. Hell yeah! But he's not gonna get in any closer than behind right. everybody else. You can see Jules as you move up. You can see Miskin as he sees this thing. Like, like uh-huh. he always acts so damn tough, and just the memories of what happened to him here. He's like terrified and you can move up right beside him. Um, I think your presence there just like immediately begins to calm him. Yeah, I I don't think he moves up right beside him. I think he comes up right behind him and kind of puts his hand on his shoulders and just kind of gives him a little squeeze of reassurance. You can feel the, the trembling just die out beneath your hand. Good. Um, and you look ahead and you see just dances just punch this thing in the face. Uh, <laughs> so you're, you're, you're seeing that. Jules is blushing. <laughs> Wish he'd punch me like that. God. <laughs> Crispin, you're up. All right. Crispin's going to move up to the side of dance here. So he's coming down this, this short little hallway. And he's got his great club held with both hands over the top of his head. 
He's this big, great. <laughs> oh my god! This big, great club, you know, floating behind him as this small sized creature runs with these little padded feet. Gets up this guy and and takes a swing. Let's see. Eighteen on the die. That's a hit. This thing is not armor. It's wearing like maybe rags. Nice, yeah. Twelve. Oh my god. You come down this thing with a force. You can feel like the magic sort of pulsing out of your club, this nature magic, this life. And it sort of shrinks away from it as it's crushed beneath the weight. Um, it is, it's still up, but it is barely alive yeah. already. Um, not bad. I'm going to go now. And you seem like a pretty good target because that hurt. That's fine. It just reaches out with its claws and tries to rake at you. And it misses with a 10 on the die. Okay, sweet. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like like a ferocious monster, just a so cornered and scared. It lunges out. Its claws go to hit you, and you just sort of easily weave back and away, and this thing goes wide, and that's going to be dance again. I think you see it like in this moment, sort of almost turning and trying to climb up. They're all piled, stones sort of scattering beneath it, and it's trying to reach out through that crack, reach towards it, try to warn somebody, try to do something. And it's as it turns back to dance, her turn is happening now. All right. And she's going for it. Oh, shit. Is it 21 to hit? Yeah, it's going to hit. Oh, yeah, it's going to (laughs) hit. Only for four damage. Okay. Then she's going to take her bonus action. It, you, it, she cracks against this thing with her first attack. It just oh, smashing into stone. It's like still up, barely, barely. <laughs> its hand is reaching. It looks like it might be at one HP. You're not sure. <laughs> it's, it's like trying really to slide its she's hand gonna, through the crack. Gonna, yep, she's gonna swat the hand away with one <laughs> hand, and with the other hand, bonus action second attack. Holy shit! It's a fifteen. That's gonna hit. Fuck yeah! <laughs> oh my god. Max damage, that's seven. Is that more than one? <laughs> Hold Describe on, let me it. check. Wait, let me pull up my character. Describe the kill. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, I'm going to amend this a little bit. Ooh. Rather than swatting the hand away, she's going to grab its wrist, <laughs> yank it to the ground so it kind of pulls its whole body further, like face down to the ground, and then just pummel the shit out of it. Just now, Prince Body, this is how we do it on Sansetian, and just... <laughs> like a half sort of grapple. This head uh-huh. just caves in, yeah. um, just like full ferocity. And yeah, you just see like the head is just pummeled. And this creature is dead. You wait, wondering perhaps if the sounds of that combat were noticed. But all you hear is that same electric whirring in the next room. And somewhere in the midst of it, you can just hear like a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think it's it, isn't it so funny that we always show up like right in time for the evil cackling laugh <laughs> I love my cackling laughter man come on don't take this from me I'm sorry don't take this from me isn't it funny we show up right in time to see Steven's ponytail <laughs> I don't think it's funny I think it's, I think it's majestic <laughs> Those moments are majestic. Mm. There's a crack going into the next room. You could look into it. Yeah, Crispin wants to hop up with his little... You can see his little ears first, and then his head pokes up, and he you falls down. through the crack. I'll give you this much. You peek into the room, and the only thing you basically... You look in, 
you see like this wider cavern lit by this violet light that seems to be emanating from two main sources. One further in, you need to get a different angle. You need to get through the wall to see it. There's a brighter light from there. But as you stare in here, just south of where you are, uh, you can see this great fossil peeking up from the stone floor, just the tip of this black curved bone, and it is glowing with this violet light. There's like these strange, like almost crystal cables. They remind you of the ones you saw in a rural town that are sort of wrapped around this fossil and sort of running across the floor towards that circle. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't say that word. Towards some other force, form of light <laughs> deeper into the room, um, perhaps empowering it. And you think of what Miskin said about Zavar using the latent power of the fossils as they grow in, and, and there's a sort of the ambient magic sort of uh, uh, brings them to, to higher power on this night, especially at the turn of midnight which is fast approaching. You also see in this room as you peek in, there's like a small table off to one side with a few like uh, you know, alchemical regions on it and uh, maybe some like weird, like it's a pretty scattered mess of like papers. Um, there's also another one of those ghouls standing against, sorry, one of those strange undead creatures. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> standing against the wall. <laughs> Here, have some more. <laughs> um, and just kind of poising up against the wall, uh, looking towards the source of greater light and towards the source of laughter. That's all you see. You realize, you sit here, it would not take much work to open up. At this point, like, you could probably dig through pretty quickly to open up a way to, to, to slide in. This ghoul is almost through. I mean, there's really no other way we gotta go through. Right, yeah. Yeah, Crispin's gonna start to slowly and quietly try to dig through. Okay. I'm going to say this area is... The areas on the corners of this room, around where this wall is, I'm going to say are not quite as well lit. In order to get yourself through, you don't need to make a huge opening, just enough for you to, like, slide out. I'm not going to require stealth checks for this. This room is loud, and there's a lot of stuff going on that's very distracting to the residents of it. What I would like is an athletics check to see how quickly you can move this rubble. Time is still just around 11.15, maybe close to 11.20. Oh, my God. Bad time to roll a two on the die, but it's a plus seven, Ooh. so... Only two of you can get in there right now, so Jules or Dance could assist. It's too tight for three people. I'm guessing Dance has higher athletics. Dance looks at you like, well, hey, me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's where I'm going. Okay. Let me go there. <laughs> she wears the mask. No, Jules knows. <laughs> in this relationship. <laughs> Sorry, no. Yeah, Jules knows. Hell yeah. Dance. And that's a nine. It was like, like three millimeter cracked. It's your choice, man. Yeah, three millimeter cracked. Use the use whatever's more. All right, it was nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I was spacing. I'm drunk. Uh. So, um, (laughs) Crispin, you rolled. You rolled what? Nine. Nine. Okay. Nine. Nineteen. Um, what's that like? Fourteen. Somewhere in the middle range. Yeah, unless you're just counting dance as the help action. Let's call it fourteen minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. It's a good thing we got here. Oh, it's a good thing we got here. And it's time to get a good seat. So, yeah. So you're digging. (laughs) Oh. Okay. So you're digging through the rubble. Uh, It's probably just like 
sweat dripping down your face as time is passing. That ghoul in there is still within sight where it could look over your direction, potentially see. And it's probably just nerve-wracking as you're very carefully moving stone by stone. Jules, you're probably down at the bottom of the pile as they sort of clatter down. You could grab them so they don't make too much noise. And Miskin helping you and all four of you together. Just the minutes tick by as the hole opens bit by bit by bit. And then you find out you can slide through. You realize all four of you could potentially slide in and push into the room beyond. Time is past 11.30. And as the way opens up, mixed with the laughing, mixed with the whirring sounds, you begin to hear some light sobbing round stuff. She's just over there, just beyond the corner where this pulsing light is at strongest. All right. Crispin wants to sneak through so he can see some more. I will say this. When four people enter this room, it's going to be very hard to not be noticed. We'll roll stealth checks. Do you all want to go in together? Or do you want to, or even like when one person, it's going to be tricky. Do you want to go in together or do you want to go in alone ahead? I think the kid should stay here, right? I want to help. I think the best way you can help is to stay out of the way. He looks to you, Jules. He wants to help, but your word is the final authority for Miskin. Miskin, I trust your timing. You'll know when. And I think despite it all, you just see he smiles. A little bit of that, like, sureness comes back to him. Right. Kids, a little grittier in his voice. Yeah. Okay. I'll know when. And the three of you push on. Yeah, I'd like to push on. I'd like to push on along the edge of the wall here and walk by the fossil. Well, as you, so let's first, you guys enter the room. All three of you, Crispin, you step out. You start moving towards the fossil. Yeah. Dance slides out next. I think she takes the other wall, kind of like creating sort of a barrier as Jules to the last one that slides through. I need uh, stealth checks from all of you. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Hmm, dirty 20. Jules got a 10. Uh, well, dance critter pants. <laughs> <laughs> critter leotard. She crit. Okay, that's actually really cool. I will say, <laughs> I actually say this. I was going for individual checks this time. So that 10 Jules did was not going to cut it. No, I know. But dance slides down next to the wall. Jules, you go out. And as oh, you kind of slide yeah. out, you're about, you almost yeah. like stumble down the wall. And as like you start stumbling with a rock, I think she just like catches you. Superhero, like fireman style, um, and like <laughs> gently puts you down. Um, it's all just super silent. That crit just paid off. Yeah, that crit, that yeah, crit for dance saved you. And you're looking at the full room. Allow me to describe what you see. Holy Hell shit. Yeah. Oh, look at that in Dude, the middle. The, the fossil looks really cool. The, the fossil looks so cool. Holy fuck. This whole room looks amazing. Yeah. We are spoiled. <laughs> Dude, we are so spoiled. You're looking out into this grand chamber. Uh, I mentioned before the fossil, the desk. Now you can see what lie beyond it further to the west. About 40 feet away, maybe 35 feet away from where you entered this room, you can now see this like uh, 10 foot wide or so magic circle that pulses with this violet light. Um, You can see where those cables sort of whirl around the edge of the room, moving in towards the circle in this these swirl with this magical light, which seems to flood and illuminate all these glyphs that surround this circle. Um, you kind of stand in the dim light at the edges of the room as you're taking this in. You can see that 
there's sort of beyond the circle against one of the walls, you have a table again, just scattered with notes and and various sort of like dark things, like a small like like some weird chests and boxes are lined up against the wall by it. Um, you can see. Can you see the huge iron doors jutting around from the side? Yes, you can. From your prison, you look down. <laughs> I'm trying to see what you guys... <laughs> you, you tell me. <laughs> you look at your position. Uh, as you guys move in, you can see that, like, around the bend into the very sort of southern point of the room are these great iron doors that you know lead outside. Um, as you stand here, you hear no sounds of combat or anything outside those doors. Maybe they're soundproof. Or maybe it's already over. Uh, to the north of this room, on the opposite side of that door... Uh, you can see there's a couple of like branching sort of tunnels that move up with like cell doors placed in them, just barred cell uh, doors. Um, you cannot make out anything within them, but you hear something thrashing from one of the cell doors, uh, the further one to the back that like you can't make out anything sort of deeper there. I mentioned before that illuminated by this glow, uh, a ghoul stands against the wall a short ways into this room. And beyond this creature... You see Zavar, standing within the ritual circle. Round stuff stands beside him, shackled by her ankle to the ground at the circle's center. I think as Zavar is kind of like standing over her, round stuff's eyes are facing you, and she looks to you, and you can see how the fear in her eyes gives way to hope, to joy, and then is buried again by a new, more powerful fear. A fear for you. Another ghoul lingers just behind her, standing over her small form. You see all of this. What do you want to do? You have a moment here. Now, the longer you're in this room, the more likely it's going to be that you're going to be seen. So we'll take actions as they go. We'll roll more stealth checks as they are needed. When you perform any sort of aggressive action, stealth time's over. Yeah, I I don't know about you, Jeremy. The only thing that I want Crispin to do before we get into it is I want him to touch that that fossil that fossil okay um i think yeah I'd, I'd, for the immediate time if that's what crispin's gonna do like jules while he knows what he's here for he also recognizes the situation and he's not gonna make a move until it's right to make a move okay get get ready i'm gonna go over to that wall and then i'll uh well i'll jump on him Crispin moves towards the fossil. You can feel that sort of power innate in you growing as you get closer. Your hair's all standing on end, and that boiling rage in you is starting to get hotter and hotter as you approach this thing. Is the rage in you, Crispin? Or is the rage channeling through you? A question I think that you've asked yourself so many times, and you're getting closer to this thing, and you feel it so hot. As he moves, you feel Dance's hand on yours, Jules. You look in, you see Zavar as he stands over round stuff. He's like etching things down into the circle, perfecting the sort of runes that line it. You can see this boorish creature, this man that you've hated your entire life, this man that put you such, through such hell. And you can see how he's changed. Even in his violet light, you can see how pale he is. You can see his own sharpened teeth, his own elongated tongue. You can see he himself has become one of these undead things. Changed himself the way he wanted to change you. The way he wants to change her. Crispin, what are you doing? Crispin is going to go into a rage. Oh, shit. So you scream really loud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Yeah, yeah. Scream super loud. You feel this rage 
I love this too. It's, it's forcing through. You feel it and it's like gritting your teeth, trying to fight against it. And then you just go with the flow. Let the dam break. And then wild shape. What are you shaping into? Oh, yeah. What are you doing? Yes. What is Yes. That? Yes, I know. I see what you're doing. A giant toad. What the fuck? Crispin. You just turned... <laughs> I wasn't expecting wild that. Wild shapes <laughs> into a giant toad. All right. This is a move. And uh, <laughs> that that literally is his move. I can't, okay. That's an action. So I, or actually, well, yeah. Can't do anything else. Okay. I, okay. Didn't, I didn't see what you were doing there. That's I was going to say, I was like, I don't think I showed this to Jeremy. No, you didn't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> you are much more noticeable now. Yeah. I'm going to say you have each have an action before this happens. Like, what happens, happens. That was your action. Jules, what are you doing? Fuck me. I mean, it's a good move. You're ready to go. You're raged. You're wild shape. You're ready for a fight. I mean, you're already enraged. So you want to, like, make a move now anyway, or else you're going to lose that rage. Hold on, sorry. What'd you say? I was saying this. I mean, it makes sense, though, because you're going to want to make a move very fast, or you're going to lose that rage. Right. I, yeah. If there's I monologuing, just don't have any... we'll just kind of hand wave the monologuing. So, so uh, yeah, if we're... I just don't have any moves left this turn. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to bless us. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to bless Crispin, Dance. And Zavar? <laughs> yeah, <'cause>... yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> You're really thinking about this. You should exactly. do it. I'll give you a bud. Um, well... So I'm not within thir- well on that note. Yeah, I'm not within thirty feet of Ron stuff, right? Or am I? Mm, no, I think it's outside of thirty feet. Just barely thirty-five. Okay, so it's gonna be Crispin, Dance, and myself. Okay. So that's a D4 added to attacks and saves. Crispin turns into a giant toad. You stand there. You, you uh, sort of uh, let this magic flow out of you into everybody else as they kind of feel this strength surging within them. Uh, is Dance gonna make any moves, or is she gonna? Sort of stand uh, ready. She's going to ready. Okay. In action. Okay, so she like kneels down, sort of gets ready. I think you see her just kind of like sort of enter into a runner's stance. Like she's about to just charge deep into the room. Looks to you as the strength pours into her. Let's do this together. Jules gives a nod. And just as she's about to take off, as like all this happens, so the light from you uh, casting the spell, um, Crispin sort of transformation. I think the ghoul in the wall <laughs> turns towards you. And you see Zavar does as well. And he just looks up and this sort of like shock enters his eyes. <laughs> and he looks towards you for a moment, sees the three of you standing at the ready. And you see how he's just like just over round stuff, like sort of this sort of dangerous position. But I think he moves away from her, like his hand sort of like turning away from her, turning towards you. And I think you're surprised when what enters his eyes isn't fear, but just this absolute delight. He just throws back his head and howls out this. <sighs> oh, Jules. It's really you. Look at you. All grown up. You're so beautiful. Don't get too excited. I'm just here to show you how much you failed. Failed? I've heard reports of your work in the city. What you did. Connecting with the Horned Lord. Oh, Jules. Jules, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) He's like, you can hear this dry heaving from his throat. And like you realize instantly that it is, it's, it's sobbing. He's actually sobbing tearlessly with this with this manic joy at seeing you. Oh, 
You challenge me. Cerise has had her reservations. But I can see it now. You have matured enough. We can finally take away that troublesome soul of yours. You don't need it. You don't need the limitations of your beating heart. You, my child, deserve to be free. As he says those words, you hear that same sort of pounding of something against metal, against the bars of a cage you can't quite see down a tunnel towards the north. His head sort of whirls towards it. His toothy grin grows. This could be a fine test. I think he, like, waves a hand out. And you're kind of, I think you're probably watching that ghoul that's staying just above round stuff, waiting for it to, like, move, step away. It actually does, just charges up towards the north. It's like holding something beneath its arm, some sort of uh, a small box. You don't see what it's doing there. You can hear the rattling of chains. You can hear something thrashing, thrashing against metal. Zavar just says, Use all of it. My ally in Zinda was so kind to offer me such a substance. Dose him with it all. Let's see what this can do. You hear something opens. And it's like sort of frozen moment as something's moving. Round stuff, sort of like fighting against the collar, sort of looks towards you. You feel that rage bubbling within you, Crispin. It's just so strong, so hot as you stand beside this fossil. Jules, you're getting ready to make your move. Maybe you're about to pounce when Arhalon turns the corner. I knew it. Oh, I just figured it out. You see him just turn the corner. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with him. His eyes look unfocused. He looks roughed up, but... but there's something in his eyes. It lingers on him, this sort of primal rage. And Zavar continues. Your ally managed to call and chase away the entirety of my living god. He is strong. <laughs> Arhalon sort of turns the corner. I think he's like, this still lost. He's looking between you. He sees you, blinking. He looks towards Zavar, blinking. It seems like he doesn't know what to do. His teeth gritted. Do you say anything? Any of you? I don't think Jules does anything. He recognizes that Arhalon's gone. You don't know what is wrong with him? Can I roll a check? Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and roll, um, call it medicine or insight. One of the two. No. Okay. Yeah, he Three just. Three on the die plus one. His mind looks fucking lost, hell. and he's still. He's, he's, he's turning, turning. I think he almost like moves snarling towards Zavar. <laughs> towards over round stuff. He sort of squeaks out and kind of like ducks herself down. Zavar just like stands like firm and smiling. And for a moment, maybe you think this is going to settle itself. Zavar just says, oh, He doesn't know who to attack. His mind lost to the blood rage. But. In my experience, rage always seeks direction. Monster, your brother was murdered yesterday. I assume you know that. Did Jules tell you of the demon that slayed your brother? (laughs) Arhalon just... Kellig! Kellig! Ah, he did. 
but did he tell you who really killed little Zebulon? Kellig may have been the arrow that pierced his heart, but he was not the assassin that made the shot. Jules. Jules transformed him. He gave into his demonic power, gave into his own hatred, and gave it form in that form. The form he made killed your brother! Arhalon, his eyes snap towards you, Jules, and you can see something in them. Jules. Something buried behind the rage. You can remember the way he smiled, that goofy smile before he left. You can see how far that smile has gone now. There's hurt in his eyes, so much hurt. You can see a single tear wells up in his eye, then bursts into a jet of steam. He can see the truth. Then his eyes narrow. His teeth grit. Fire flickers in his throat. Jules! You watch as Arhalon's right hand begins to rise. Veins bulging from it and trembling reaches over and grabs onto his great sword two hands. In this madness and this rage, Arhalon has become whole again. Zavar laughs, round stuff screams. The two ghouls begin to make their move towards you, and Arhalon, barreling towards you, Jules, begins to charge. I thought I thought you were gonna try to like say something. Wait. To him. Well, I was waiting for him. Oh. For I was waiting for a moment that never came. Oh shoot! Do I need to sing? No, we were just we were just talking, and I was Is like, it, and I said to Jeremy, I said, I, I thought you were gonna try to like say something. Yeah, to him. I, I, I was going to, but that moment, the moment never came. Oh, sorry. I thought you were. You didn't seem like you're trying to. Do you want me to take it back? And do you want to say something? He's about to charge. You want to talk? So can we can we rewind then back to just before he's charging? Yes. Yeah. Because I want to pull out the recording diamond, and I want to show him Zebulon dying. He would need to be very close to see the footage, I will say that. You can know. I can I throw it to his feet? I'm gonna tell you this. I think as like as these words sink into him, you can do this, but you get the impression that he's lost his wits almost entirely at this point. I don't think he would have the wherewithal to pick up something thrown at his feet when lost into this rage. Hearing you may be something possible but difficult, but but doing I, I don't I think that would stretch what he would do. Okay, that's fair. Can I roll for it? I don't know if you'd be able to hit the DC, even with your persuasion, but you can certainly. Let's try. try. Okay. Okay. Let's try. I'm gonna throw the diamond to his feet. The diamond scars. <laughs> you want to see who really killed Zebulon? <laughs> it's all right there. Fucking crit my pants. <laughs> I fucking crit my fucking pants, and it's a plus 10 persuasion. Plus 20. So that is a 30. That is a 30. Here's the thing this will pause him because what he's going to see is exactly what Zavar said a shadowy demon that you created. You did not convince him that that's not the case, but I think he does see it lands, and maybe you, you say that, and it will pause. He reaches down, he picks it up, and like, Hand sort of trembling. That's his darkness moving uncontrollably in and out of everything it can see. We've had our differences, but I know you know me. How do I honor this? This may seem harsh, 
understanding the nature of what's happening to Arhalon, I think this is the best way to handle it. And it's going to actually pay off for you in a pretty cool way moving forward. I think his eyes, just like just like as he, I think he just drops the diamond back down, grabs the greatsword, he looks to Zavar, he looks to you, and he just, you both die! But he will still move towards you first. He steps right on the diamond as he begins moving across the room. Roll for it. Wait. There's a moment of frozen time. A presence. A light. It shines through the cracks of that great iron door that leads to the outside. You can see the violent light of the ritual almost retreats before this new bright radiance. Arhalon freezes transfixed as that light pushes through the cracks like motes in a swirling mist and forms itself into a shining orb, hovering off of the ground. It launches into the cavern, flying to a space just before Jules. And as you all stare on, it begins to take shape. It grows and grows until it stands as a shining silhouette of a human, tall and broad-shouldered, a heroic shape poisoned challenge towards the raging half-dragon. And we can see Dance's smile gleaming white as it reflects this light as she whispers tearful words towards it. Mateo, you came. And then that light begins to shrink. It pushes down, condensing into a smaller form. Still humanoid, but not quite human. The hands sharpen into claws. The face elongates. Two spiraling horns jut out from the light. Two tiny wings begin to form on its back. As a shining light splits apart into a body made of radiant painted bone, we are looking at the skeletal form of a half-dragon. Two sabers of gleaming bone held before him. It's Zebulon! Yeah! Zebulon, the forces of fate have given you one last fight, one last chance to make good in your promise to round stuff, to protect Jules. You can see her smile, your own light reflecting in her eyes and the eyes of every figure in this room. You are, as ever, the center of attention. The spark inside you giving form to this strange new body is fading fast. But you are fully aware of everything that is happening here. You have been watching all along. How this is possible and how you receive the spark, we will find out next week when we finally hear your side of the story. But right now, your time is quickly running out. And your own brother stands before you, towers over you like he always has. You have to face him now. Once and for all, protect jewels, save round stuff, bring peace to Arhalon with these goals in your mind, with the eyes of every figure in this room locked in awe on you. What does Zebulon the Return have to say? Now wait just a damn minute. (laughs) And we'll call it there! I once said that I wanted this arc to follow the trail of two separate yet connected storylines. I lied. There have always been three stories here. So let me take you all back for one more flashback. To the endless gray landscape of the Fugue Plain. To the land beyond life where the souls of the dead push toward the light of the beyond. And let me tell you all the last story of Zebulon Black. <laughs>